Hey, and we're live. Welcome to Big D After Dark. Um, so excited to have you all join us this evening. As viewers come in, we'll just remind you that we'll take your comments and questions live as we talk about FC Dallas, North Texas SC, and results against uh, Sporting Kansas City and Sporting Kansas City to this past weekend. Plenty to get into. I'm your host, Nathan Hill. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill. Over there uh, is also Tommy at Tommy LaBeouf at Tom underscore FC Dallas. Below me, Ishmael Belcora at Belcora Isma on Twitter. And finally, Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. Uh, good crew, as Hola. usual. Good, good conversation to be had tonight. We'll start, of course, with FC Dallas, and we'll take your comments and questions live if you have reactions to the game. Also, please feel free to share the feed. We want to grow the feed. We want to grow the podcast. If you miss a live show, you can subscribe to us and get the audio version. Uh, we just love your support, and we just do this because we're FC Dallas fans, and we love we love FC Dallas, and and it's been a good season so far. Good stuff to talk about. So let's get right into the FC Dallas result. FC Dallas travel to Sporting Kansas City. Uh, it's always you know Kansas City and Dallas has almost been a feistier rivalry in recent years, I think, than even Houston because you know Houston has sort of been in the wilderness. Um, I think that's going to change. I think Houston's certainly playing a lot better. But it's always been an interesting, emotional, physical, feisty match. There's always been some sort of controversy. Uh, we talked, I think last week we mentioned the dark arts, or someone mentioned the dark arts about, you know, sort of a, you know, stalling for time and those kinds of things. But we certainly had an entertaining, if, if a bit chippy match uh, on Saturday as FC Dallas Battled to a two to two draw, went up two to one, and seemed to really be in control until uh, Brandon Cervania came in as a substitute. Two yellow cards within like six minutes, you know, and and out early early shower for for the midfielder. FC Dallas struggled a bit then, as as most teams do, uh, trying to preserve that that victory, but then gave up one more goal. And uh, but battle to that draw, and maybe even had a chance at one point to get another shot or two, get another opportunity too. So it, it's one of those games where you you you're grateful for a point away because a point away in this league is really valuable. But I think we'll, as we'll hear from some uh, some post game reactions and things a little bit in a little bit, three points are probably left out there on, on the field at least to some FC Dallas players. So let's just get some reactions. What would you like about the game? Is there something that left you a little frustrated? Uh, Tommy, we'll start with you. Yeah, I guess uh, Brandon getting the two files uh, up two to one, not closing out the game was very disappointing. It's not something that you would think would be, would happen under what, you know, the coaching that we've seen under Nico this year. I mean, coaching has been solid. You would think that, um, that would not happen. But again, I mean, it, it's the second time this year we've had uh, files in the box that were penalty because someone was late or too over aggressive in the box. And so I think maybe the coaching needs to look at that and evaluate are they coaching that correctly because it happened to Paxton early in the year. He was uh, marking someone in the box very aggressively, stepped on his foot, and this time Martinez was kind of careless and not awareness of someone else around him was late to the ball and, you know, giving up penalties is just like, you know, give me goals, right? 
So I question that, and it, it, that's uncharacteristic of what we've seen so far from this team because, as I said before, the coaching has been very solid. The team has been a team. They, they play with control. They, you know, everything they do is, is orchestrated. It, it's not free flow, uh, shoot anywhere. It's all coached to be this way, and I'm pretty sure it's not coached to be this way uh, as far as giving the, the two fouls within seven, you know, six or seven minutes and the, P, the PKs in the box. That was the big disappointing thing. Um, but, you know, very exciting to see the goals from Jesus Ferreira and um, Velasco. I was especially excited for Jesus because that's what Nico's talked about earlier in the year. We want to get Ferreira the ball in space, and that's what he had in space, and you can see what he can do when he has the ball in space. I always knew that he could do this. He played at SC Dallas. The coaches that my daughters played for, they have kids that played with Jesus, and they always said the guy's a stud, and uh, and that was great to see. Yeah, two great goals for SC Dallas. I mean, these were Velasco's spectacular goal. It's why you, we paid big bucks for the guy. Hopefully he does more of that. But, yeah, Jesus also with just an incredible goal. And, and Ismail, we're going to go to you next, but like ta- our buddy Todd Chatterley is already – Poking the bear. Paxton was I mean, tracking back after Tomasi mistake uh, on that second goal, I think. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be placing blame on that second goal, it really isn't on Tomasi. It's probably on Paxton uh, because the commitment, well, no matter the positioning, I mean, if you have a, if you have a, if you have a, if you take up the positioning of another player, which Paxton did for Tomasi there, you have to be smart with your decision-making. And there, that slide tackle was very rash. But, like, that's just me responding to Todd. Uh, my opinions of the game, I think – so I actually disagree a bit with Tom that this team has shown a lot that it's very aggressive. This team – I mean, especially on the road, they get stuck in a ton. And, I mean, that's shown by the fact that I think in the last two three road games, Faku got a yellow card in each of those games, something like that. I might – it's not – I don't think that's 100% true. He gets those fouls. He gets those yellows. That's the type of team that Nico wants to play on the road. And I think in this game, they got really unlucky with a ref that made uh, a ton of calls um, – in the favor of Sporting Kansas City, to be put it lightly, the PK was soft. The second yellow on Cervenio was preceded by a foul on Velasco. Russell didn't get his second yellow. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I also – I think the main thing they'll just take away from this game is there are a couple of players that are starting to underperform um, – when they when they really shouldn't, then they should really be stepping up. And I think uh, my opinion of Ariola has diminished a bit. My opinion of uh, Tumasi has diminished a bit. My opinion of Tafari has diminished a bit because as we're now into, I think this is the ninth game of the season. Uh, this is not. This is no longer the start of the season or like uh, basically preseason as we called it back in March. This is crunch time. This is important. And I just I there's a there are a couple players. There's a lot of players that have stepped up when like surprisingly, uh players like Siki, Martinez, 
Pax is not really a surprise, and neither is Jesus, but the levels that they're playing at are surprising given the certain certain doubt that started the year. But there are a couple of players that I think uh, our expectations should uh, should start to like weigh in on our thoughts of their season so far. Mm-hmm. As we're watching the highlights here, some of those some of those moments. Um, and, and we'll come back to that, Ishmael. I'm I'm I am I'm a little bit floored uh, that that yeah you 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 have seen. Tomasi's performances diminish a little bit. I think we're going to touch upon that. All right, Jose, you you just give us your reaction to the match. Well, I don't want to overreact to it. Honestly, you take away that red card, and we wouldn't really be having some of these conversations about who's underperforming and and whatnot. I thought the team was uh, doing as well as you can do on the road, much better than they've looked in any of the previous road matches. Uh, and I think we were all feeling pretty good up until that red card, in all honesty. And then you have to give credit to the team to battle uh, with as long, as much time as Sporting Kansas City had to work with. I mean, that's a long time. And we've seen previous uh, FC Dallas teams crumble and allow a multitude of goals. This team didn't. We saw the same fortitude that we've seen on the road against other uh, aggressive teams, you know, and and it paid off here. You saw that same defensive fortitude that this is a very young team is displaying. Um, I, I'm not going to question some of the performances. Like, uh, I'm still not convinced that Ariola is 100%. Let's not forget he suffered an injury. That slowed him down. I'm not convinced that he's you know, he's a veteran. He might be playing with, you know, less than 100% uh, or maybe not back to full form. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to – I'm going to say I still rather have him out there than O'Brien because that's what you're saying is is your choice is uh, less than 100% Ariola and 100% O'Brien. I'm still going to take uh, uh, less than 100% Ariola out there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know – I'm going to look at the positives. Siki played a solid amount of minutes out there. And let's face it, with the uh, red card to Cervenia, he's going to have probably back-to-back starts now, and this was good for him. This is a good progression that we're seeing from him. Uh, I, I said before, I think he's been one of the steals of the draft, and, and he'll get a, another shot next week to keep on get, getting minutes and solidifying himself as the main backup for Cervania and, and Pomical. So, uh, also, Quinones, uh, you know, he, he, he amusing to see him come in on the right side, uh, but it goes to show you that, that whoever isn't starting on the right side between Tuomasi and Nanu, which, by the way, I think – all that Tomasi performance does is basically open the door for Nanu to get back in there. And I think this is going to be an ongoing battle between those two for, you know, well into it. Mm-hmm. If, well, at least for the next 10 matches or so, 
these one of these two is going to have to step up and make it theirs. And I think they both have different issues. So I think that's just an ongoing battle. And, and I think you see why they brought in Nanu because Tuomasi is solid, but you know, he has his games where, where teams can game plan against him and, and try to pick on him uh, because of his uh, youth and, 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 and experience. Uh, but I think we also saw that whichever one of them is not starting at right back is your backup at left back. Your number one backup at left back is whoever, whichever one of those two is not starting. So Quinones basically becomes your default backup right back is what we've seen, which I, which I find amusing, but the kid has looked good. So I just want to say that while I'm still not convinced about our depth, I am feeling much better about it as we go forward. Uh, I'm happy with the, with the point in all honesty. Uh, I, I would have been upset if they were leading two one and the red card had come a lot earlier. I also would have been upset. I mean, I'm not earlier, but a lot later in the game. I also would have been upset if they were up to one, had no red card and we had to sell for a two, two, but I think with 10 man, with that much time, you take the draw and that's a great result on the road. Uh, and honestly, my complaint with the ref is we weren't the only ones complaining about the ref. Sporting Kansas City was also complaining about the ref because mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I want to say, I, when I say he, he was unbalanced in his calls, I mean it both ways. I mean, he was very unbalanced. He was uh, making bad calls to both teams, and it made for a really unbalanced game where both teams couldn't really settle in. Um, sure, I think we feel that Sporting Kansas City got more breaks, but I guarantee you Sporting Kansas City fans are telling you the same thing. They're saying, you guys got more breaks. And that's just how bad this ref was. I mean, it was he was bad enough that both fans were basically unhappy with him. So, well, I, in other words, just just saying, he affected the game negatively for both sides, and and you don't want that from any ref. Uh, let's let's hear from Nico now from a post game. But but I mean, I think you make a good point too that something for us to remember that. Uh, that Velasco and Jesus's goals were the first away goals for FC Dallas this season, which is, you know, nine games in does at least point to some kind of, there's some still growing happening. Progress, in this team. progress, some progress. We saw right. progress. And, and it's something for them to build on. So I asked uh, Nico post game just about that kind of what were the things that they can build from, from the match. And it's, it's good to hear how forceful he was and how passionate he was about this. But then I followed that up with about the refereeing, which I didn't want to bait him into anything because I know coaches need to be careful about criticizing refs. Uh, in any league, there's a line you shouldn't cross. Uh, and I understand why that's there. Um, uh, and But also asking about the his conversation with Coach Vermes after the game. So let, let's listen in. I think it's impressive what, what these guys did today to get a point. We have to give credit to them. It's not easy with all the adversities we had today against us to respond as we did it. And credit for them. Real credit, real proud of them. And I think this is going to build the disappointment that we have today. We're disappointed to not get three even playing with them and even with all the adversities we had today. And we're really disappointed. But we want to use this energy to be focused on Monday and prepare, as always, the best we can, the game against Seattle, and keep showing the league that we respond to anyone. 
My, my last question, um, just, you know, this was a feisty match, lots of cards, very physical, but that's kind of FC Dallas, Sporting Kansas City. We have a history of that, you know, in these matches. So it is addressing the number of cards. Is that something that you'll do with the guys? You'll talk about this week and look at that, or was this the way the ref called the game? And, and then kind of as part of that, is that what you and Vermees uh, discussed uh, after the match at the final whistle? You two kind of were walking together, talking, having a spirited conversation. Did you, were you talking about the referee? Well, you know, I, I don't think it was like this type of match that was uh, that difficult and that aggressive to show that, that amount of cards, to be honest. I think it was a soccer game, simple as that. I think uh, it, it could be controlled uh, easy uh, in my, for my side. Uh, it's a bunch of guys that just want to play soccer and do their best. And uh, I didn't see uh, other thing. I, I saw a, norm, a normal game. If the referee saw in a different way, uh, you know, it's his vision and he's the judge of the of the game. Uh, but I think is is uh, is something that we we have to start knowing that this can happen when we play away, uh, and and that's it. And, and we have to deal with that. We we said what I said when uh, when I had my press conference in December that uh, we don't look for excuses and we just respond to anything that happened on the field. And this time we respond very well uh, to a lot of adversities that we had. Um, and then with Peter, uh, you know, he's a great guy. I met him before when we played with the national team. Uh, he's a, a, a coach that has so many years, so much experience. He has done a lot of great things for the MLS and, uh, and just chatting about the game. And, uh, and then, uh, and of course, you know, uh, for sure the, the referee was in the middle of the conversation. It was just a natural conversation and, uh, and analyzing things. Nico's passion there, you could see his you know, frustration, sure, but also pride, I think, in, in the way the guys battled. Uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just found, you know, it was a very polite way to say uh, it, this was a soccer game. It was a soccer game, and the referee may have seen something different, but... Uh, Nico saw. I love his game. choice of words. Yeah, it, it that's his media training coming to the front. You know, he, he basically said what he had to say cryptically, without offending the league or anything like that, without stepping on any toes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, and I appreciate your words. Like you said, it was unbalanced, Jose. I mean, I um. It's hard I was a soccer referee for many years. We call this affecting the game, affecting the outcome. You know, when you when you choose one file to call a yellow card, when Russell can just maul Velasco and, and just get no card, uh, it, it would have been his second yellow. And then Velasco getting fouled right before um, Cervenia got his second yeah. yellow, right? You just shake your head, like, seriously? I mean, how can yeah. a fan who wants – I mean, if you're an FC Dallas fan and you're paying money to go see the games, you feel gypped. I mean, MLS has got to do better. I mean, the referees has got to be better. And, yeah, you know, and I think – I think – oh, sorry. I think the, the foul that – or the car that really showed to me, because I'm actually currently a ref, that really showed to me that this game was one that the ref wanted to – 
control but ended up stifling was that yellow card for Pius because I'm sorry that you, it cannot be time wasting if the ball is out of the field for three seconds. That's not how that works. And I mean, yes, there was a ball behind him, but if the, like that's the reaction that these players have, it's not intrinsic that oh, there's a ball behind me. Uh, you can't, and even if it is, you can't assume so. That's that's not how it works, especially when the ball was on the field at the time. Like, it bounced off the backboards, if I'm not mistaken. So I just, I don't like to complain about refs afterwards. Like, in-game, I'm very emotional about it, like, as most fans are. But, like, retroactively, I understand the difficulty of the job. It's just, when games occur like this, where most of the calls are somewhat debatable but aren't like mistakes quote-unquote it's not something that refs generally get chastised on it's disappointing because of that because this is a game that that ref should have been chastised on well I mean, it wasn't that part where he uh they they, they touched the uh, keeper on the head i mean um that, by by rule i mean i've seen in mls Hands to the face is a red card, and that was an intentional touch I mean, to the face. And it should have at least been a yellow card, you know. I, I Okay, people are like, he overreacted. Honestly, on that, I, you can't tell if his knee hit his back of his head or not because he went past him so fast. And, and the reaction was so fast that you have to wonder, like I said, I still expect a yellow card. Like I said, there, there's no, yeah. there was no need for that. And, and that's not a red card. It's just yellow card saying, hey, don't do that again but what does he do he didn't yeah. he's like had a stern waggle his finger at him i, I don't know what I, what I was getting at uh, as ismail pointed that that time wasting yellow i mean we're in concacaf for crying out loud and we've seen some <laughs> high level time wasting techniques not just not just uh in fc dallas but throughout the league and throughout the region and you show that to anyone who watches CONCACAF and they're going to go, what? That's time-wasting? I mean, I mean, the guy hadn't even warmed up to his time-wasting. You know, so I think we all looked at that and said, what happened? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. No, finish your thought. I don't, I'll, let me change. I, I was just saying, you know, it, and I also want to point out the, the Cervania Red. Um it's one of the issues of having such a young team is let's not forget that, that the players are seeing their teammates get hacked and hammered and the ref letting it go. And, and a young player wants to retaliate. They, they want to, they want to, Hey, you know, if they're doing it, we should do it too. So they'll stop doing it. If the ref isn't going to do anything about it, we got to do something about it. And, and a young player, I, I'm not saying Serena did that as retaliation, but, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw Velasco get get hammered and basically said, "Well, I'm going to hammer one of their guys." It's a bad reaction from a young player, and and, and that's sad to see from a player surveying. I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but a young player sometimes reacts and doesn't think. And uh, you know, it, it it's it's something that they'll learn. You know, they 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 shrugged off a lot of these, and and I, I'm just saying 
that's how the ref affects the game is by letting this go. Some of those cars that FC Dallas got, some of them were basically, hey, tit for tat, you know. The difference is Dallas players got called. And it's you see players weren't yeah. getting called for the same things. I had no problem with the penalty. I thought that was a clear-cut penalty. It was late. Nah. Uh, that was very little contact. There was, like, no. Especially lot, with the yeah. other fouls called? No. I'm sorry. No. Uh, what I want to say is uh, I know we're talking a lot about the referees, but I think that we need to bring to light that I think Jesus had one of the most beautiful goals I've seen in FC Dallas for a homegrown, uh, or even not a homegrown per se, but – and, you know, I tweeted earlier this week, I put a, you know, Ferreira, and I put six soccer balls. And then I put a, right below him, I put um, Pepe. Pepe with nothing. And someone says, well, you're trashing Pepe. It's just the stats. And I, my point was to bring it open for discussion. And it was really, it was really beyond more than the six goals to Pepe zero. That's not, I was not trying to trash Pepe. But the point I was trying to bring up is that Pepe doesn't have any goals this year. And this is a World Cup year, and I'm kind of like second-guessing his decision to move to Europe. I mean, I mean it, it, it's his choice. I mean, he's in control. He did it. I mean, it he still may be the starter because he is that talented. And I, watching the games, him not scoring is actually a result of him not getting service. And I'm going to change the subject. We can go back to the game after. But um, I just think it was great, Jesus, open and just seeing what he can do. Such a beautiful goal. And I think that he's in prime position to play a lot in World Cup. But I also think, I mean, I'm not saying that Pepe isn't. I think that Pepe will still play a lot in the World Cup. Was it? Well, uh, yeah, we'll see. It was a beautiful goal. Um, definitely a, a beautiful goal. Um, I asked Jesus about it. I didn't bring that clip in, but he just basically said, you know, it's not a thing he plans. He just kind of felt it. He just kind of, his instinct took him. And he, he told me, he said, uh, he didn't even watch the goal replay yet. So. I want to. I want to. I want to point out that we've seen him do that kind of goal before. Um, yeah. I still remember. I still remember him doing that back back when FC Dallas went on that Argentina tour. I don't know if you guys recall that, but preseason. Ferreira was yeah, it was preseason match in Argentina, and we got to see one of the streams, and Ferreira did that to one of the Argentinian players when he was. Are still a teenager, and it was almost the exact same. Take the ball, dribble, break a couple ankles, and people, we were all like, "Wow, this kid's gonna be something." And now, fast forward several years later, and he's doing that in games that count. So, good stuff. Just you know, in past years, we would be goodness. so upset that we didn't get a point, and now we're upset we didn't get a win. I mean, I think <laughs> that's just how much you know the team is doing well this year. I mean, we we should have gotten three points. Saturday. I want to. I want to address the Michael's. Yeah, uh, Michael's statement about about, the, I think about the all... substitutions, and and I think this has been a theme with Nico so far is that he and, and if he's being stubborn and he just believes in the guys in the field, I get it, I get it. But yet you were kind of there are points you were like, man, let's bring in some fresh legs, right? Yeah, I think I think like you're saying, I think he's he was showing faith to the players that were on the field because they were playing well. And he didn't want to, you know, some coaches are like, hey, it's working. Let's not change anything. And I think we'll, well also that. say uh, yeah, Kansas City hasn't scored a lot of goals, right? They're, they're, yeah, no, we all agree right. that he should have subbed in earlier. Uh, I'm not defending him from that. I'm just saying it could be just him, you know, players, coaches have their favorites. And he may have been happy with the way the team was performing up to that time. And it took that uh, goal to say, hey, hey. 
he should really make that those subs. He should have I made the subs I earlier. I don't know, man, because like, just first off, like retroactively looking at the games, we've been lauding Nico as like a genius for subbing in Siki and Quinones <laughs> in the Houston game, and we've been and we were like. O'Hara's back when he subbed in Hara in the 80th minute against Nashville. These are very late subs, and this is consistent. Now, again, maybe he has his core, but immediately when a red card is given to a midfielder, when you have a three-man midfielder and your wingers play high, it you may have been comfortable with the status quo beforehand, but that you have to make a sub then and there. And you saw him talking with the coaches immediately when Cervinia got red carded. That's like if it was just this time, it's fine. And I think we've been avoiding the conversation because hey, it's been it's been working technically. I mean, we the subs worked against Houston. They worked against Nashville. Like. It, it, it's great, right? I mean, seeking like late minute and, hero, but if and technically if, they worked here it, once Pig actually came in, yeah. But like, if if this is how his sub patterns are, and they are always later than expected, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, then the, they're. I guess I don't know if questions need to be asked, but. If they don't, if that doesn't succeed, then questions do need to be asked. And I mean, so far it's a winning record when he does those subs and like changes the game. But I don't know, man. Once Serena got red carded, that's when you had to bring Serio in. I don't, I don't really think there was a question for that. Mm-hmm. And but I, I'd also want to point out that unlike other coaches, you know, that we've seen recently. There is a lot of player rotation, though, on the starting lineup. I mean, how many players have started every match for FC Dallas? I think maybe Jesus, Pass, Tommy Call, uh, maybe? He tends and to Pomicol. have a, a pretty standard Martinez. lineup. I mean, very Ma- subtle Martinez. changes each week. So that's four players that have actually started every match. But everybody else, uh, if not, Farfan, has Farfan started every single match? I think so, I think. Yeah, so because he was subbed I mean, out. He was subbed out once, but he started he every match, and I think that's the important thing, right? Because that means that it's not just eleven players. He's got yeah. like fifteen, sixteen. So if you have those fifteen, sixteen, subbing them to like change the the pace of the match or like do like a quick ta- tactical change, that's what he's been doing. But he's been doing that really late because I think his his mindset is like he he prepares a lot during the week. And like he's trying to like, di- like change the team during the week in accordance to the team he's playing. But I mean, like Colorado is a good example. I mean, I think again we got we won that game, but that first half was like they dominated, and we got a goal with a wonder goal, and then a quick ten minute press. But those the subs in that game also came late, so. Again, these are these are he's making tactical changes at halftime, maybe like shifting the players. But again, I just I don't think that kind of coaching excuses the fact that once a red card is given, it took him after the goal, which was ten minutes after, to actually make a change. Yeah, usually most coaches will make an instant change right after a red card, right. and I think uh, what I was saying, I'm not that I'm not I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just saying from what I'm seeing is. 
it, it appears to me that Nico believes that the players on the on the on the field should be able to adjust to the situation. I mean, he sometimes changes formations without really changing much personnel, and and I'm not saying it's right, and I'm saying that this appears to be early on what he believes, and and, and it's going to take him time to realize that that's not the case. I mean, hopefully. I mean, if this happens again and it keeps happening, we will see more red cards in the future. So that's something we'll have to keep an eye on. Is this something that where, unlike other coaches who make instant changes, is he going to linger with the starting? Then, then, then we have to say it's an issue. Then um, it's concerning, but we don't know the coach well enough to to know if this is uh, a flaw of his. Yet yeah, it certainly looks that way, though. Let's, let's jump over to a clip from Alan Velasco. Um, of course, a, just a, a tremendous free kick goal, pretty much unsavable. Uh, a reminder of, of, of what all that money is paying right. for, by the way. It took us 34 minutes to mention that goal. I know. Kind of <laughs> uh, well, we mentioned it. No, I mentioned it earlier, but yeah, like, and Tommy mentioned it. But uh, yeah, let's just, but I asked him after the game, um, you know, certainly someone asked him about, you know, is that something you've been training and practicing? And of course, he said yes. But I just asked him about his adjustment to the physicality of the league. And so, of course, uh, you're going to hear him answer in Spanish and then and have it translated by one of FC Dallas staff. Yo creo que, que por ahí me falta un poquito de lo físico. Siento que por ahí me, me hago un poco. Pero bueno, ya veremos esta semana cómo podemos trabajar para que, que no me ocurra más eso. Y después, bueno, con respecto al árbitro, no, a ver, no soy mucho de hablar, no me gusta hablar mucho de, del arbitraje, pero eh, si me toca opinar en esta ocasión, eh, la verdad que, que veo que en reiteradas ocasiones siempre nos vemos perjudicados. Eh, por ahí hay jugadas que, que el árbitro cobra en contra nuestro y después cuando hay jugadas similares del otro equipo, eh, ni siquiera una tarjeta, pero bueno, eh, es solamente una opinión. Eh, y bueno, ojalá que, que podamos todos trabajar como para que la liga mejore y, y, y que no tengamos estos errores, ¿no? porque pareciera que, que siempre en contra nuestro y bueno, eh, ojalá que, que el próximo partido presten un poquito más de atención en, en ese tema. Uh, he was just saying that he's working up to get to that physical level because there's times where he feels like he can get pushed around easily. But he tries every week to get improving that level of the game. And he was just saying how the game was just awful. I mean, the ref decision-making was not the best for both teams. But there was times where they felt like it could have gone either way. But it, they were the, end, the ones that ended up getting affected the most, it felt like. But they prefer not to speak about it much and not opinionate on it as much as they just focus on working during the week and improving and showing that they can play anywhere they go. Okay, uh, I want to jump in real quick and say that that's not what he said. That's no, not what he said. What Raul he said. basically no. cleaned it up. But what he said is, is we're watching the refs, uh, basically going against us and yeah. making calls against us, and they were watching the same exact fouls being made by the other team, and they're not going against them. So we feel like we're being picked on and it affects it affects it affects our play because we have to adjust yeah. to the fact that they're essentially targeting us. And he's just something he's he's saying that this is something he has to learn to adjust to and, and hope that the league 
steps in and, and says, hey, you know, th this this was a little, you know. So he was criticizing the referee. He's saying, saying basically what we've been saying. That's what he said. You I'm know, in total agreement with. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. But that's what he said. Uh, Raul just yeah, and up. he also said at the end. Yeah, he also said at the end that he hopes the the league improves in this regard. It, it was like a generalization. Yes. So I mean, the translator was very kind about that. George just trying this, to yeah, smooth I think it over. This would have been if he had said it in English. It, it probably would have been like a fine. I mean, that's how. That's basically he wasn't mixing any words. He was just being direct and calm, and said it matter of factly. And if he was saying it in English, I guarantee you the league would probably be throwing a fine his way. I guess that's that's the key. When you want to criticize the league, you say it in Spanish because they don't. That's play, right, and, and, and have the translator, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I have the game yeah. on while we're talking. And in the fifty-third minute, he got looks like he got fouled right outside the box, and as he was kicking the ball, another guy came in, and he got the yellow card. Velasco. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... so my thing is, I I'm gonna put this on Dan Hunt. Dan Hunt needs to call the league and says, hey, I have a uh, $10 million investment out there that's basically, mind you, it's 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 an investment in the league that you guys have been telling me to spend money and go get. And I'm watching this guy basically get mauled, and I don't need exactly. to see a repeat of, of Mauro Diaz going down because you guys aren't yeah. protecting. Honestly, your, your star players, they get protected. And Velasco... Is FC Dallas a star player? I mean, you could say it's it's actually uh, Chewy. Russell mauled him. That should have been a but, second yellow for sure. But I'm just saying, this is un I would say Dan Hunt needs to get on the phone in the league and say, hey man, you know, come on, I don't need to see my 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 ten million dollar investment, you know, get injured and out for the season. Like we've seen other teams lose their best players, and that's on the well, league. The league needs to say, hey, you know. Okay, you know, you got to protect the league investments. I'm sorry, it's it's a little ridiculous. It's not going to stop. It's just going to keep coming, yeah. snowballing. The, the odd thing is, FC Dallas returns to Kansas City in just a few days, and I was thinking all along that this is going to be a different lineup for the for the Open Cup, and it very well may be. But what if it's the same lineup as, hey, we want to go back there and play? <laughs> you know, like. What do y'all yeah. think about that? Is it going to be a different lineup, or is it going to be the same lineup? No, it's going to change be different. Now after when what you, when you, yeah, it's going to be different because, like, four days later, you go to LA. It's a conference game that's important with two top teams. You're going to play that second team. But I think uh, one of the things, just to go back to what Velasco was saying, um, but like considering what fans expected of him, I think. This is why I'm kind of very critical about Ariola because Velasco has the capability of doing something very special, right? That's how he scored his for his two goals this season. But that wasn't the expectation. The expectation was that he was going to be a game changer, game in and game out. And I don't think that's realistic for a player his age because the only player his age that came from uh, – from South America and immediately made an impact that made him an MVP was Almiron. No one else has has really been able to do it, and I mean that that's shown with players like Barco. Uh, when well, like 
or Facunda Torres this season. Like they, you can't, especially changing into this kind of league. The expectation can't be that it's going to be MVP because that has to be the expectation in like a two-year time span, and I think that's why I'm critical of Ariola because as Velasco is going to adapt to this league, he's going to not allow himself to fall over as much even when he gets fouled like in a game like this. He's going to adapt to the style. He's going to connect more with his teammates. I mean, he had the the lowest passing percentage of of starting players uh besides Martin Pius at at 55%, which is generally written as unacceptable for a winger, especially one that connects as much as he does. Uh, but it's – you can tell he's good. That's that's the important thing, right? Because if it was two goals, nine games in, but you could tell he was eh, – that would be scary. But you can tell Velasco's good. Like he has talent. He can play in this league. He can score big goals. He can have an MVP season in 2023 or four. So – I mean, he's our diamond in the rough, and I and I think the investment was a good one. Or yeah, I still don't feel like he's there yet, though, as a superstar. I mean, he's still a kid going up against big men, and he, he's outpowered. You can see that, right? But that's going to change in a, in a shortly. It may be a few months, it may be next year, but I don't think he's he's even. Uh, I would say as as far as becoming a superstar, he's probably like sixty five percent there. I mean, give him open spot. Yeah, he's there. He's great. But as I'm far gonna, as, yeah, I'm he's not there I'm going to with you guys right now. And I'll tell you this. When Velasco stepped up to take that kick, we all knew he was going to put that in. We all, I'm, I'm not I saying. Didn't. We, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I honestly, honestly, from that range, I, most people I talked to said, you know, he's going to shoot that. And that's, that's the difference. That's the difference between a player that, that has potential and a player that can actually – this is going to affect teams going forward because first got to prove you can make that shot, and he has proven he can make that shot. Now you can play with that. Now you can do other runs. You can do other runs up of that. This is something you can build on. You know, he hasn't been here that long with the team. I, I would still say I would say that he's still getting acclimated and he's still learning absolutely Nico's style and stuff. So yeah, honestly, that's what I say, yeah. honestly it I think you're right that, that he's no um um but still I and, and like I said that that's not gonna that's that can't be the expectation. Because no, Almiron no, was no. was but a think, million out of one. Yeah. But I think that, that showed that he can change the game. The question is, how often can he do that? You know, and, and uh, that's he did change that game, and then the red card changed it back. The, so, the things that I'm seeing that he needs to improve on, he's still getting pushed off the ball. They're still taking the ball away from him relatively easy on some situations. There's been one-on-one situations where he takes the man on one-on-one and the guy kicks the ball away from him uh, instead of beating the man. I think that he will get there. Uh, I'm not – He's a great player. I'm so happy he's on our team. And uh, I'm just saying he's not even there yet. <laughs> Wait till he gets there, you know. And then he'll be and, one and, in the league. But, but that's what we paid for, Rise potential. Yeah. And and yeah. hopefully, I mean, first let's see him finish out the season and not get injured from all this beating he's taking. 
you know, and then and then uh, honestly, I like what I've seen from him so far. I, I think he says as advertised raw, but clearly with the tools to affect change. It's just a matter of, you know, he won't be a star until he can do it every game. But seeing him do it on the road, yeah, that's that's the good. The start. biggest thing I'm excited about is that he wants to be here. You can see it. He's you can see he's part of the team. He, and Nico talks about him. And, hey, I, we had a conversation. We want you know all he wants to learn how he wants to get better. You know, I was thinking to myself that. Maybe it's not for fish that he doesn't leave here after a few years and he stays here long term because he just likes I, it here. You know, I think I think he's got a two year. I mean, I think he's got a two year window, really. In, in, in all honesty, if if he's having if, if he plays next year, if he's having that MVP type season, <laughs> he'll be gone mid season, honestly. Uh, so right. that's that's the game plan, I think. Honestly, if we get more than two years from him, I'd I'll be thrilled. But what let, about let's, Jesus? Let's let's just admit that he's here as a stepping stone to a higher plane. And the question is, how long before he hits that stride where teams say, "Okay, we got to have him." And we'll see about Jesus. I mean, if Jesus can hit, score some goals in the World Cup, if he gets called up and and all that. You know, he may be gone next winter, but we'll just, you know, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. But let's uh, let's shift. It's getting a little late here, but uh, uh, we want to shift over to North Texas SC after that disappointing kind of home home loss there, three to two against Dynamo Dos. Um, all three goals were just some, you know, just some mistakes, some basic mistakes. They really rebounded in a nice way, getting three points away against Kansas City two. Not, you know, Sporting Kansas City, too, not particularly one of the stronger teams in, in MLS Next Pro. They haven't conceded a lot of goals, but they haven't scored many either. And uh, and, and uh, North Texas was able to take care of business, going up one nothing, and then and then getting the benefit of the red card when SKC, really bad tackle um, by a SKC two-player, and uh, were able to kind of add another goal. Probably unlucky not to add a couple more. But just a good, as Jose said uh, in a Twitter post this week, a good workmanlike victory. Just took care of business, came away with the three points. Never really looked in doubt, especially after the red card. A nice bounce back from the team and from from the disappointing weekend before, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the 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 main thing was that Carnero get got his uh, confidence back because his. Like out of all the players against Houston, he was probably the worst one, and especially I think that was his debut. That wasn't a great debut, considering that he has Carrera, who's the starter, and Wilson, who's very well respected by the organization. Cornero needed to step up in this game, and he did very well, not just in the PK but in the other players. I the main thing I I I take away from this game is that. I know this is probably a generalization that most of us would accept, but once Redzik and Sean, I think the writing's on the wall. Once they leave for Europe this 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 uh, this summer, because Sean probably will want to leave, and Redzik also has said he wants to leave. Kamungo has shown over these last two years that maybe he's not MLS level already now, but he has that. Uh, that growth, that consistent growth. He's improving his game. 
Last last year, he was kind of a uh, Obreon type, where it was just sticking to the wings. But he's he's now coming inside. He's his passing has improved. Uh, still has a uh, uh, hope, but I mean, it's also it's been a drastic change from last year because hope was not very good last year. Uh, but Kamungo is the main is is yeah. the the main thing that I've, I've taken over I've taken from these first couple of games that once those two players Regic and Sean leave Kamungo can take that spot he has the capabilities to grow into a possible MLS uh, useful player someday. I think I think the same about Hope actually uh, you did mention Hope Hope leads MLS next pro in assists with five he. He has affected change in a different way. And honestly, we had more consistent uh, center forward play. He probably had more assists, in all honesty, because he, uh, we basically have two of the most dangerous wings in, in the league in, in Kamango and Hope. And they're diff- they're, they are dangerous in different ways. Kamango can break you down. He is a playmaker. He's the guy that can snatch that one goal on the road that gets you, that gets you points on the road. We've seen him do it, and hope breaks you down with his passing and dribbling, and and setting up other players to claim the glory. That's uh, Jack. The stream. Hey Jack. Hey Jack. Uh, you know what? It was better than normal. Uh, uh, much better than than what I've seen. And but in all honesty, I I'm a child of the '80s, watching really bad B flicks. So honestly, I'm just happy to see the game. I'm not going to complain about the fact that the, we got the auto camera and stuff like that. Uh, the commentating, it, I, I just turned that off. I'm just there to watch the game like a scout. You know, I, I already know my lineups. I know what I'm looking for. I know who the numbers are. You know, I can say, hell, 11, oh, that's Acosta, or, you know, 7, and, you know, and so on and so forth. So I can follow the game just fine. I know people expect more, and, they, and 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 mind you, um, Real Monarchs just announced that they're hiring their old crew from the USL, their their broadcast crew, and they're gonna they have, basically they use their own equipment. To. They're gonna yeah, they're yeah, gonna they use they their own to. equipment, and they're gonna use their own gear, and they're gonna televise, you know, their own cameras. And I think that's a good sign for the league that other teams I expect to start taking that step and say, okay, you know what, our fans deserve more. And and yeah. so I'm not too worried about it over time. Honestly, this this season for me, as far as I'm concerned, is just a th- you know throw shit at the wall and see what sticks for the for for MLS. And I truly believe that next year will be the real true first season because there were so many new teams that most of them don't know what they're doing or they're learning on the fly. And next year when you get the the teams from the uh, USL championship and the league has 30 teams. And hopefully we have a media contract. You'll see major league soccer spend a little more, not, not a lot more, but better than what we get in this season. So I think this season is basically just what it is. You know, I'm just happy to see North Texas play and, 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 and watch the kids develop. But yeah, I agree with Ismail. I think both hope and I mean, we've got, Good, Think about good that talent. I mean, Kamungo, Hope, Ferry. We've got several players that could possibly make the jump. And and I've heard you know from hearing uh, 
other podcasts and stuff like that, like uh, Bus, saying that that Acosta has has or not Acosta uh, Costa has actually trained with the first team also, so they're pretty high on him also. You he see was in that... the he was he was in the original preseason squad. He was yep. Or like the early on, he was like him and Carrera were the two North Texas players that were exactly. on the squad early on. Well, he was on there, and we weren't certain if he was trying out for FC Dallas or for uh, North Texas. So they liked him enough. He's a kid that used to be a, a former youth national. So he has talent. And, you know, Ferry, former youth national. They, they signed Pope, who's a former youth national, and so on and so forth. So there's some talent on that team. I'm not saying they're all going to make the jump. But certainly you see some players like, like Kamango and, and Hope and, and, and Ferry – and Costa that 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 could have a future, you know. And of course, you see Parker. And we're watching Bartlett, but you know what? I think I think I still say it. North Texas is one of the best teams in that league. And mind you, they were one of the best teams in USL League One. They, you know, champions first year. They just missed out on a last second goal uh, from being in the title game. The following year, when when they scrapped the playoffs, otherwise they would have been a playoff team, and they were the hottest team at the end of the season, so they would have had a legit chance to, you know, had there been a playoffs to defend their title. I'm not saying they would have won, but I'm confident they would have at least made made the final last that, that year. And then last year they were still a playoff team, and and basically they just ran into a team that had their number all season, that was just bad luck, and now they've gone to a league that is a step below that. So it's not that it's not that North Texas has gotten better. You could argue that maybe last year's team was better than this year's team. It's just that they have a certain standard that they're staying at, and they've taken a step down in competition. And and I'm not I'm not I'm not even convinced that they are the best, most talented team in the league. They're just one of the better teams in the league consistently. They're a consistent team, and they'll be there. They'll be a playoff team at the end of the year, and definitely one of the teams that will have to the champion will have to go through to claim to claim the title well hey jack you know we're gonna have you on again soon um it was fun having you on um because there's no i mean i could have i i, I don't know if there's a limit of how many people i can have on this software package but we'll we'll figure it out but uh and i just like coach call i mean the more and more i talk to him he's just personable he's great he's energetic he loves to talk about soccer he's enthusiastic about this team and winning with this team so um, and, you know, even, you know, I asked him, uh, I didn't pull the clip up, but I asked him about, you know, the, 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 the loss against Dynamo. And he just said, you know, I said, you know, did the mood dip? You know, how are things? He said, no, things are good. You know, things are, uh, you know, this, we, we gave up three bad goals against Dynamo and we were focused on the next game. And sure enough, they showed it. They really bounced back well. I, I want to talk about that quickly. Glad you mentioned Dynamo because that was a big showdown. You got You had North Texas and Dynamo. That was a big game. Both teams went hard. I had talked before that that I thought Dynamo was one of the teams that could come to North Texas and walk out with three points, and they did. But go a week later, and you saw the these yes, you saw the subdued, very professional play of North Texas, where they didn't lose their calm. They they said even when they were up a player, they kept their pattern and their play. They didn't look in any hurry, no panic. And they just did a very professional 
job of going out there and getting that those three points. Houston went to uh, uh, Tacoma and got crushed because the opposite happened over there. They couldn't get up for that game. That's that, that. I mean, Houston has been dominating teams, and they got dominated. They got beat at their own game. Tacoma scored first, got back, played defense, waited for Houston to open up, come after them, and, and hit them on the counter, just like Houston's been doing to everybody all year. And that's on the coach. That's on the coach getting their this, his players to be professionals. And that's what you saw from Coach Ka is some people are like, oh, it wasn't a very impressive performance, blah, blah, blah. After a huge match and a disappointing loss, I'm very encouraged that the team went out there and got a very a very professional victory. It shows growth. It shows that the coach is teaching his players how to be professional. It's a really young team, by the way. On the road, in a hostile environment, very excited. That It shows growth, and I think it shows that the team is in the right hands. Uh, by the way, one of only four undefeated teams on the road left. All right. Good stuff. Well, let's we'll get ready to close out the show. Of course, FC Dallas will welcome Seattle Sounders uh, into town this Saturday in t- at Toyota. It's going to be a fun match. Of course, it'll be one of those key tests to see just how FC Dallas has grown. Um, so on, on that note, Seattle is playing in the CONCACAF final on Wednesday. And there's no away goal, so if they're tied at the end of the regulation, they play an extra 15, 30 minutes, two 15-minute halves. So on Wednesday, I'm rooting for Seattle to win in PKs after that 30 minutes, so when they come to Dallas, they can get you know get another game right away. So also also worth noting now that uh, Sylvania is suspended for this game, um, Siki will probably start, but that also means. There's a spot on the bench, and that might we might have Thomas Roberts come back. He's been in training for over a week now. Uh, that 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 will be exciting because mm-hmm. we all love Roberts. Oh, yeah. Like it will, it, the fact I, that Nico is so high on him, he, like he, like in the in the press conferences the in the last week, tells me that it's not just a he's back on loan, whatever. It's that he's actually planning on using him as a significant in a significant role. Yeah, I'm still shocked we haven't seen Sean in MLS this year, and I, I know that we also have the uh, the up the U.S. Open Cup coming. So I don't know if we're going to see Sean. He may be saving him for that game. Well, we did see him. We did see him in the last U.S. Open game, but yeah, not in MLS. And he looked good, you know. And yeah, and, he looked and, good. Yeah. And you know, uh, let's see him get an extended run in U.S. Open Cup, and maybe maybe he, you know, sure. gets some minutes going forward. Yeah, a lot a lot of question marks. I mean, that's. It's one of those questions that kind of what what is the best scenario for Seattle? You know, we want, but but I think even if even if Seattle takes care of the, their business in ninety minutes, they'll still they'll be they will have celebrated like they're, they're going to be a, a squad that's still gonna they're going to come to to doubt they're going to rotate you know it, the the, yeah, the results are absolutely. there and even if they don't, Dallas should handle business at home. I mean, yeah. it's just, and Seattle's there. not good this year in MLS, so. They're not good in MLS so far. They've got some. They lost to San Jose. Yeah, I just hope it's not the same referee. That's not a good thing. I mean, at home against against a team that will definitely be be tired, and let's face it, not just tired. They'll be emotionally spent, win or lose. So, so I think I think anything that less than three points is going to be a disappointment. In all honesty. 
So, all right, quick uh, then quick predictions. Let's just go around. Tommy, what's your prediction Saturday? Got two dollars three. Seattle zero. Boom. Ishmael. Boom. Uh, I mean, I always go ten zero in the FC Dallas group chat, but I mean, <laughs> realistically, maybe two goals by Jesus, and then a goal by uh, Seattle's new homegrown star, Jackson Reagan. Two one. Uh, oh, I didn't say uh, he was going to score my goals. I, all all of them is going to be the first hat trick by Facunda. Okay, well, well bold. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll go 3-1. I'll go 3-1. I, I think I think it's going to be 2-1 late, and I think Dallas will just get, get a late late goal with, with Seattle pressing pressing to try to get the equalizer, and they'll just give up a, 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 a counter. Uh, but it's Seattle, so I, I expect a tough match, and, and I don't think the game – I think expect Dallas to win, but I don't think it'll be resolved till the second half. So I, I'm. That's my expectation. Also, I want to point out that uh, North Texas plays Tacoma, uh, who just who just crushed Houston four uh, one. So so a very dangerous team, very capable of coming. One of the other teams that I said is capable of coming North Texas and walking out with three points because they they play like six senior team players on their roster. I'm, I don't know if they'll travel that many on the road, but I won't hold it past them, especially since yeah. we'll be playing Seattle. I'll be watching the roster and the subs on Saturday because I'll, I think it also plays into the following game. So we'll see how um, Nico prepares in the lineup. Good yeah. stuff, yeah. I, North Texas is not going to get any senior help. They, they've been very consistent about only playing the players that have been loaned down to them. You're only going to see Parker – and Bartlett and Chris Smith and Carrera. That's it. If Carrera's back, uh, they're not gonna get any players coming down to help them. But but Seattle, they have no qualms about sending as many senior players for their team as as possible. So I expect a tough match, and and I expect North Texas to win, but it'll be by like a goal. It'll be a closer game. I scoring team in the uh, in the Western Conference, by the way. So a very dangerous team. All right, should should be some good some good yeah. soccer to enjoy this weekend, right? Well, I, I, it, anyway, one last thing: okay. Tacoma lost at St. Louis, and and that was like a four three scoreline. So so like I said, very dangerous team. C- carry on, sorry to interrupt. Good, you. good, good. Well, we'll close the show out there. I think my prediction is a two nothing home victory that. You know, if two nothing still, it doesn't mean Seattle's not going to threaten and stuff and put in a fight. But uh, Dallas will take take advantage of things at home. That's what I'm hoping for. All right, good a good weekend ahead. Appreciate everyone watching the pod tonight. And of course, you can catch it and subscribe on wherever you find podcasts. Just look up Big D After Dark, and of course, check out BigDSoccer.com for some articles and news and notes and different things. And of course, our Buddy Jack has some great write-ups about North Texas SC um, and comment yep. there and, and share and, and have some fun. Let's, let's, let's go FC Dallas. All right. Let's go FC and, and happy May. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Buenas noches. Good night. Good night.